Cao was complaining about how there was still some audio drift on Zencaster. And I was like, there's still a whole three seconds by the end of the podcast. And someone told me that they usually have a three minute drift by the end of their podcasts. So I think we're doing okay. What the f*** is going on down there? It's a BC West Coast California connection here on WTFTFW. I am joined by Seth. Hello. Hey, I'm on your I, coast. I guess I have to grow up. Because you're not no going to be able. There are no more Toys R Us kids. Yeah, I. Uh, I thought we'd have a real, just like you know, a real easy time last week when we and, and Aaron and TJ were talking about like, man, yeah, it looks like they're. Uh, wonder what's going to happen with Toys R Us. Guess we'll find out, you know, in a week or two, and then like literally a day or two after we recorded, they were like, we're closing everything. So that uh, has definitely been some toy news. Um, Canadian Toys R Us is going strong, and uh, they put out a press release saying that we ain't going nowhere. At least for the time being. So I guess Toys R Us is now a proud Canadian brand. Uh, if you ignore the part where it's also doing well in Asia. Um, yeah. So they're trying. I think it was today. Um, they were supposed to have another bankruptcy court hearing mm-hmm. to try and save the Canadian and the top 200 performing American stores with the idea to be to sell the Toys R Us brand with those stores to somebody else. Yeah. Which is the best thing that could happen to Toys R Us uh, because Bain Capital doesn't care about keeping businesses open. No. They, They make money shutting stuff down. It's kind of uh-huh. amazing that Bank Capital has let them limp along as long as they have. It's uh, it was as we said last week. Um, you know, millionaires and billionaires are not your friends. Corporations are not your friends. Uh, don't trust any of them. Oh, especially one that has a long history of acquiring businesses and then closing them up <laughs> and then ruining them. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> We're, uh, we have a but, we have a weird we have a weird wrinkle in this story to, to cover after we uh, we get through our first listener question to open up the yeah. show. So you know, stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't weird. said yeah they haven't said what those two hundred stores are. Yeah, um, or where they I are. Uh, I believe I I caught wind. It sounds like they had just opened a new fancy one in New York City. So I bet that's one of them. If that is true. Well, they had that one in Manhattan forever. That yeah. used, well, not forever. I mean, it used to be FAO Schwartz. Yeah, yeah. And then they turned it into a Toys R Us. Yeah. Uh, my understanding was either like a new one had opened or it had just been refurbished or something. I don't know. I, uh, I might have mis- misread the tone on Twitter, but I I bet that that's probably one of the 200. Yeah. Because uh, that's well, like a focal nice one. If this, yeah, it would be nice if the Santa Rosa store... That's my local or my closest to local one stays. Um, the The next closest one is in San Rafael, and that was on the kill list already. Mm-hmm. God, like the, the before list. they announced everything was shutting down, and they said we're closing this grip of stores. San mm-hmm. Rafael was on that list. Yeah, so. that's real messed up. And we'll uh, see a bajillion sympathies. 
going out to everyone who is probably losing their job, uh, who's working at Toys R Us right now. That's uh, mm-hmm. not a not a nice way for things to go. Um, before we get into the real weird part, Seth, well, let's do this listener question here. Um, okay. This is a this is a real kind of like you know down it's to earth sort of weird. Yeah, it's, it's just down to earth. It's it's based on toys. It's from a, a more innocent time when uh, the the internet was not full of people lamenting and playing like slow you know minor key versions of I'm a Toys R Us kid. Um, <laughs> it's comes oh, from uh, two for an introductory trailer to a new video game at E3. That's going to yeah. be the uh, the somber. <laughs> Cover. I'm a Toys R Us kid. <laughs> ting, ting, ting. <laughs> Slow motion, some monster is getting blown in half by and a Marcus, shotgun. <laughs> Marcus Phoenix just comes walking out with like a plush Jeffrey. <laughs> 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 they got me back. Uh, this comes from The Amazing Brave. Uh, he says hello to the podcast. Um, in regards to all the recent discussion and complaints around the foil stickers on uh, you know current voyagers and leaders, uh, I've been thinking about whether or not these figures would look better without the stickers. Like objectively, probably yes. <laughs> but uh, the amazing brave says subjectively, some details are better than no detail at all. But my question is this: Are there any exceptions out there where you don't mind or even prefer a figure uh, has very little or even no stickering details, paint apps at all? Specifically, figures that are mass-produced final retail product that are almost bare bones or even void of any paint or tampographs. This excludes test shot figures that make it into the hands of collectors. Not that I don't appreciate the appeal of them. As an example. I like the look of thrilling 30s Metroplex over Fortress Maximus, even though Metroplex is almost completely white. While Fort Max has more variation in colors, it feels like he's lacking in paint apps, whereas Metroplex has just as much as he needs and somehow feels more, quote-unquote, complete. Uh, so I'm going to pull a little bit of a my, my, my I'm in charge of the podcast card here and say for this question, uh, I think the part where it says devoid of paint at all doesn't... Let's, let's leave that part out because the Amazing Braves example of metroplex metroplex has paint still he has a silver face you know he's he's got uh one or two little dots here and there so i if we're gonna say like zero paint at all i guess if you, if, if either of us have an answer for that then sure but i'm gonna say it's we're allowed to say that there's some paint like you know very basic like you know eyes or like a face because otherwise this is a weirder question <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah seth like just i i guess like you know to whatever degree you want, uh, are you ever into a transformer that is kind of like low on heavy visual detail? Well, it depends on the style they're going for. Like um, the animated style and figures were pretty flat, mm-hmm. and that worked great. So, it, I mean, it's really going to depend on what you're you're replicating. Like if these new Dinobots that are coming out right now were that flat and uninteresting looking that would be a huge bummer because yeah. then they really weren't remaking the dinobots um so yeah i mean it really de- for me depends on the figure yeah but, I've, I've got uh i've got two scenarios because for me it's the same thing like it, it you know it depends on what your visual delivery is supposed to be but yeah, there are and if two... it works for the style i don't mind like i'm not yeah. going to get mad at that it doesn't have tons of paint or any or tampographs if it looks cool without them yeah and and some like there are some figures that i think are great for using plastic color instead of paint uh it just makes for a more durable feeling figure 
Um, but two, two examples where I think like a very low amount of detail, like what's described, I think works. One of them is a figure that's all clear plastic, like a ghost or like, you know, hologram version, um, where it's just like maybe, you know, the eyes are painted, but the rest of the figure is like translucent blue or purple or something. Um, that can be pretty cool. Uh, the other one is when a figure is trying to look very G1 cartoon. Uh, and this is where I kind of run into a thing with, uh, like, you know, label upgrade sheets where it's like, we've added all this G1 toy detail. Uh, and I find that myself, sometimes I really prefer the subtlety of huge patches of the same color when something has like a very, you know, cartoony look. Um, sometimes I find like, you know, toy sticker detailing, uh, especially G1 referential ones can pull me out of the experience more than enhance it. Um, I've come to like having having read, you know, forums and review threads and whatever, like there's definitely like folks who get a huge kick out of that. But uh, for me, like a lot of Masterpiece toys, I don't really want to add a lot of sticker detail to the current era of Masterpiece. You know, like I I don't want those big foil G1 sticker details on like Inferno's hips or anything. No, I don't want stickers like ever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Erase stickers. Especially if they're going to be crummy like that. uh optimus primary issue with those awful paper stickers yeah there, i mean there's something to also be said where i think for power of the primes and titans return it's not even like what the stickers are trying to show it is literally just they are badly made and badly applied when they're pre-applied and no matter how good those stickers are like that that will wreck it like a really good sticker sticker sheet if you apply it crookedly all over the place and there's corners peeling up everywhere it doesn't matter what's on the stickers it looks like looks like crap so um. Yeah, like for me, it's it's like you know, ghost or like hologram or clear variants and and stuff that looks very animated. Literal Transformers animated, uh, I think actually benefits a lot from paint. It's just that on animated paint was not used, you know, in super intricate ways. It was used as like heavy dividing lines and just straight up patches of color, you know, to 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 communicate the character model. Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah, like especially like G1 cartoon referential stuff, like the current Masterpiece stuff, it it benefits hugely from the lack of stickers. Yeah. Um, stickers so are bad. I hope that answers your question, uh, The Amazing Brave. I, I'll, I'll say for myself, you give me well-made stickers, I have fun putting them on. Uh, I, I've, I've now that I've experienced like a good toy hacks uh, set for Trypticon, followed by Trypticon stock stickers. I was like, no, I actually was having real fun turning my weekend into putting these toy hack stickers on. Then I went to put on like, you know, 18 or 20 of the stock stickers. And that was a friggin' nightmare. That was like pulling sticky pieces of dead skin off of a sheet and trying to put them on in one piece. Uh, it's gross. Don't peel skin and stick it on to other things. That's not what it's for. Uh, Seth, let's get into. OK, let's get into the crazy one. Let's uh, let's 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 pull down. Let's hit Tilda. Let's pull down our console. Type in forward slash res. I know what you're thinking. Toys R Us. I know what you're thinking. All kinds of other things. No. I, I need you to type in KB Toys. I know what you're thinking. What it actually is, because this episode is already be recording after it's old news. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This this news popped while I was having a good time over at uh, Capital City Comic Con. And someone I was ha- hanging out with read this to me off their phone. And I thought they were joking. Uh... So, uh, Elia Kassoff, owner of Strategic Marks, LLC, 
who purchased KB Toys um, about a year ago or so, is now accelerating plans to bring KB Toys back to fill the void left by Toys R Us's uh, demise uh, in in America, and uh, going to the point. Of, of reaching out on LinkedIn, you know, to say, manufacturers, distributors, please contact me. Also, XKB Toy executives and Toys R Us employees reach out to me. Um, in frontal messaging, it was like the most positive message you could possibly give for I'm going to take KB Toys and try to fill in that gap. Uh, I said on Twitter, especially because I don't, I didn't really feel like doing a ton of research on this because I... At the end of the day, it's interesting, but I also would – I just want to know if, if these open or not. Uh, I have colossal skepticism about this until it actually happens. Yeah. But, uh, you know, a similar thing just happened in Canada when HMV, a really big chain of, uh, you know, CD, DVD, Blu-ray, and tchotchkes stores closed down. One of their competitors who had already died earlier, Sunrise Records, bought HMV and is turning them all to Sunrise Records. So I've seen this exact cycle happen before of an industry giant disappears and then their their literal dead competitor comes back from the grave to fill in those storefronts. So it certainly could happen and I've seen it happen. Uh so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be angry if it happens or really like argue heavily it won't happen. I'm just extremely skeptical until um, a storefront actually opens. But uh, well, Seth, I'm looking sounds... at their huh? oh, go, go ahead. I'm looking at their website right now, retrodepartmentstores.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a <their> weird. Tag... <laughs> yeah, their tagline is. Bringing back all the old department stores you remember and loved. Their tagline and then a bunch is, of store names that I don't recognize. Literally bringing <laughs> back old department stores is part of their tagline? Yes, it says it right here on the thing. Go to retrodepartmentstores.com if you don't believe me. Okay, retro. Wait till you see the, uh, the artwork. Yeah, I don't recognize the names of any of these stores that... <laughs> that are listed here (laughs) god oh okay woof that's a website mark yeah strategic marks llc brought back the old shopping experiences and brands you remember we're building a really cool experience at a company that encompasses choice selection and service to everyday shopping something we believe has been lost over the years so I, I recognize some of these names. I recognize Robinsons. I recognize Foley's. And I think I've heard the name Bambergers on a television show once. Yeah, that's the um, only one that seems vaguely familiar. Yeah, Rob, I think I've been to a Foley's or a Robinsons at some point in my life. Um, well, you know, this website has been around since apparently 2016. So this, <laughs> since this, apparently last week. It <laughs> hasn't died. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't I don't want to, you know, poop on a parade here because, I mean, it would be super cool if KB Toys came back and literally filled in the market space Toys R Us had. Because the, the thing that killed Toys R Us certainly wasn't how they were doing as a toy dealer uh, and retailer. It was the crippling debt that was dropped onto their foot like 10 years ago yeah now they said they're they're pushing to have stores yeah by christmas Um, yeah by christmas which i wonder how permanent they're planning 
Like, are they actually planning? Because, like, they're, man, I don't know about malls where you live, but malls around here, they got some space that you could put a store in real quick. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, I, but then I, I wonder if, I wonder if they're planning on being like the, like the pop up Halloween shops that happen every year. Well, yeah, what I'm thinking is that they're going to aim to open a full, like a full on store by Christmas, run into some logistics, and then patch it by saying, well, we'll do some pop ups just before Christmas. And if those do really well, then they will move into storefronts. If those don't do really well, then this all might kind of roll back into the background for a while. Yeah. Because um, in that LinkedIn announcement that they had, they talked about uh, being online. Yeah. And then when I, I dig slightly deeper into this website, it says the plan. This site is only the beginning. You'll see even more selection with each store over the coming months as a nostalgic virtual mall. The next phase is to branch out with hmm. unique accessories and small boutiques, followed by exclusive apparel, blah, 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 and then eventually opening full brick and mortar stores. There is a way this works. The way that it doesn't work, I think, is if they are hinging on the idea that people will legit remember all these brands. Because I have a feeling that we are not the only two who looked at the list of brands on that website and maybe barely remembered three of them. And two of those might have been me actually, like, my, my brain playing tricks on me. Uh because if they're going like, well, oh, we're gonna no. we're gonna make we're gonna sell KB T shirts. It's like I don't think that's gonna do you well. Uh, oh. oh no! Y'all, you know I'm I uh, I'm gonna be optimistic. Oh. I'm I'm gonna say that due to the fact that there will be literally a void in that market that you know filling oh, it in no. is is only gonna do you well for at least the short term. But uh, oh, I'm I'm looking at what you could buy right now. What can hmm, what can so you buy right now? So all those brands, all mm-hmm. those brands, you could get a T-shirt with one of those brand logos on it, mm-hmm. and um, you could get a hundred fifty nine dollar and ninety nine cents of Dave Signature brand gourmet jelly beans in ginger flavor. Uh, oh, there's more green flavors. apple. Okay. <laughs> Himalayan uh, sea salt flavor. Ooh, it's salt flavor jelly beans. Why is there? Um, there a there's one, an Astro Pop hat. There's an 11 pound bulk bag of fart candy. Uh huh. Fruity farts mix. <laughs> yep. So you could buy jelly beans, fart candy, and t-shirts mm. with corporate logos on it. I don't look. Let's hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. I uh and don't, prepare for the worst. <laughs> I don't want I don't I don't want to be sitting here as the, the speaking as though I know what to do to fix whatever the situation is people yeah. want to have fixed. But I'm just saying if this, it turns out this is a huge scam, don't be surprised. <laughs> this is one of the least confidence inspiring websites I have seen in in a good long time. Uh, you know, maybe this all works out and KB is back in a big bad way. And everyone has a great time and it's super cool or it's a scam. You know, so <laughs> I wonder if because there's a lot of there's a lot of dead department store brand logos here. I wonder if this was like a project that was stuck in a holding pattern with this dumbass website and this really stupid idea of selling T-shirts and jelly beans and farts. And <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the death of Toys R Us 
is the thing where where this this person went, oh wait, I have one of those. Wait, yes. I can I can actually do a real plan now. Uh, yeah, that's that's the best case scenario. Is this was all a long term thing that they had going, mm-hmm. and with Toys R Us going belly up, they decided to strike when the iron was hot and maybe maybe throw this really stupid website into a fire as soon as more people notice it's there um yeah because when i searched for strategic marks llc the first two things that came up on google were linkedin um pages that's where this this news first came from right right so yeah so it's them looking for employees i guess and then their actual website is the third result and then everything else is articles about them trying to bring kb back yeah and i'm gonna say if if it is legit that they want to reach out to everyone who's about to lose a job at toys r us on the ground level and try to get them in as you know ground level jobs with kb toys that is a fantastic thing to do and i would like to believe that that is just a you know an act of both altruism and also pragmatism because you know a whole bunch of people working the floor the floor of a, of a toy store are about to be out of a job and you're about to open toy stores you need people on the floor put two and two together seems yeah, like a good thing and to try do. to get those executives and and managers who have experience with that stuff yeah you can probably leave alone the ones who didn't a bunch of Toys R Us executives just recently. I saw some news on them like they're going to get like some extra money for all their hard work. Oh, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of golden parachutes handed out. Yeah, don't you can leave those guys alone. You know, unless you can figure out how to snip the <laughs> how to snip the strings on those parachutes and just let them you know splat on the floor and explode in a pile of cash. Uh, but you know. Uh, I want to, I want to believe the best with this news. Um, it's weird. <laughs> uh, cause I, I, man, I remember when KB died, uh, one of the last KBs that were open, I went into at a bot con. So like to me, KB toys is intrinsically tied to transformers conventions uh, in my head. There was a KB here in town at the outlet mall. Oh, I think I bought a bunch of Energon toys at an outlet KB in Las Vegas, mm. but I can't quite remember. Anyway, that's some weird news. Uh, I got a feeling that this year, our developing story for the year is going to be this whole myriad tale of Toys R Us's demise and KB Toys' attempted resurrection along with who knows maybe some other things will pop up along the way too maybe over in Victoria BC Toys and Wheels will arise from the ashes as well uh we'll uh, we'll, we'll keep covering as it ha- as as it happens um Seth let's uh bump along to another listener question uh would you like to read this one um sure it comes from alec alec says dear v dog and the tfw cool cats that's you yay i like cats i used to have one then it died now that the transformers film saga has been canceled on a cliffhanger what do you imagine or rather what do you expect would have happened 
in the hypothetical sequel to The Last Night, most likely directed by Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. How would they deal with Unicron? How would Megatron be shoehorned into the plot? What kind of uh, intrusive character arcs would the human cast go through? What funny accent slash stereotypes would new Autobotic characters have? Would Bumblebee finally get his voice fixed for good? Bonus points for coming up with a uh, subtly Hollywood sub. Oh, suitably. Suitably Hollywood subtitle. I don't know why I couldn't read for a second. That's I might be having a stroke. That's all for now. Oh, no. Hope you had fun with my question. Catch you later. Uh, can we do the title first? Because those are fun. Because uh, I think that Transformers would have doggedly continued the, I think, dying trend of current sequel titles having, like, loads of words in them. Blank of the blank. Yeah. Would have been, like... Shadow of the Unicron. Shadow of Shadow of uh, the Unicron. Oh yeah, because it's got to also like not grammatically really work. Uh, foreshadow Unicron of the sorrow. Yes, foreshadow <laughs> of the Unicron of sorrow of the sorrow. Uh, so I I think um, that they would have had the most tenuous connection, even though there was like straight up sequel bait at the end of the last night. I got a feeling like they would have in the interim either forgotten or made another like colossal mess of 14 scripts being smashed together. And that would have been like the most tenuous connection. And I don't know. They probably just like, I don't know. How about Unicron is the now, now Unicron is uh quintessa, even though we said in the last movie, she wanted to kill Unicron. Um, either that or they'll make Unicron into like another girl. Uh, so that Michael Bay can like do some upshots with lens flares on them. Um, yeah, I'm glad he mentioned that Unicron was the cliffhanger because I couldn't remember. Well, yeah, it was Unicron. I saw that movie. I can't remember how it ended. The cliffhanger was that because they, they kind of hastily introduced that Earth is Unicron and then also left it out of most of the movie. Oh, that's right. And the, and and the, in the weirdest pull from Transformers Prime that I I really was taken aback by, uh, it's a good plot point. It's just like you you can't just offhand mention that in the film. Uh, and then it was a combination of that and also Quintessa's human form was wandering around a desert in a shot that actually looked a whole lot like the trailer for uh, or the sequel hook for Age of Apocalypse, um, at least as I recall it. Uh, I don't think Megatron would need to be shoehorned into the plot. He was still alive. He he'd escaped. So Yeah, but he was kind of was it this lot was it this movie or the previous movie where it seemed like you could have cut Megatron out completely and nobody would have noticed. Oh, that was movie that was the previous movie. That was movie 4. Okay. They're all blending together, man. I don't even remember what happened. No, don't worry. <laughs> I have a cursed brain. I can keep it all separate. I can keep it all <laughs> all separate in vivid detail. I still can't learn things like how to do taxes, but I can I can keep all this stuff straight. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. I I think there's a 45% chance that they just would have forgotten about the whole Unicron thing and d- just done something else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, with with the fact that they – I think I yelled about this uh, last week or the week before. The fact that they had a writer's room, had a couple of really great script ideas and responded by saying, what if we slap three of them together really hard and then use whatever script comes out of that? Like – 
it, it probably would have been even more of a mess than the last night uh, if it oh, had made what? a lot of money. Because I would have told them, oh, this works. Let's keep doing it. Um, like Megatron probably would have had his own plot where he's like, you know, on a road trip with uh, the the gecko motorbot motorcycle Decepticon who probably would have inexplicably survived. Uh, meantime, the Autobots are uh, in the Arctic fighting robot polar bears. But then at the end, they all have to come together because Unicron uh, is um, uh, Brainiac. Brainiac. Stealing the Kevin Smith Superman plot. In a giant spider. Unicron <laughs> yeah. is a giant spider. Hey, Tarantulas was spawned Unicron. So Unicron and his herald, Tarantulas, uh, the giant spider, come out. And and, uh, and then Quintessa's like, ah, I got you. And then she just gets like eaten uh, in like two seconds. And then Optimus cuts everyone in half. And then soliloquizes. Um, as far as intrusive character arcs, the human cast could go through. It would be. I think that they would. They would inexplicably devote about forty minutes of the film to a couple of teenagers trying to do a dot com startup, uh, <laughs> and like spend a really long amount of time, like to the point of like this was clearly someone's script idea that was meant to cash in on that Facebook movie. Uh, and then they found it lying on the floor of the writer's room, and then someone got really attached to it. Yeah, but Michael Bay would d- depict them as complete idiots because he doesn't like dot-com startups or something. Mm-hmm. And one of them would have like this really straight-up uncomfortable masturbation scene. Yeah. And at least one of them, if not both, would be an uncomfortable stereotype of some sort. Oh yeah. Once it has to do with computers, probably, uh, like some sort of Indian person. Yeah. Yeah. There would be some kind of weird, like it would be one of those things where it's like you, the audience member are the one going, Oh, I guess I kind of remember the, that Harold and Kumar movie. I didn't want to, why am I remembering this? Oh, Michael Bay is having the same, the same moment as I am making this film. <laughs> Uh, which would then lead to, you know, yeah, then probably whatever stereotype a new, new Autobot would be like some kind of like horrendously offensive Indian Autobot. Um, yeah. And then Bumblebee would not well, get his and, voice. Fi- oh, good. Yeah. And the two guys would be like, now that you mentioned that it's going to be inspired by Her- Harold and Kumar, they'll be like, they'll have very similar names. Like, I don't know uh, an Indian sounding name that's close to Kumar. Maybe he'll flip it. Maybe they'll Carol be an, and Umar. Indian, an Indian name that's close to, to Harold and then Kevin. <laughs> and then, like, there's some weird White Castle stuff going on in the background. That was another or, one of those movies, right? Or Burger That was the first movie. Oh, oh, what's or the first movie? Burger King because they paid. Right. Yeah, Harold <laughs> and Kumar go to White Castle. Oh, I couldn't remember if the White Castle thing was a parody movie that was parodizing Harold and Kumar <laughs> or if Harold and Kumar was the movie. <laughs> it's like there's this mush. OK, so the thing where I can't keep track of stuff, there's this mush in my head for movies with long titles like that. Like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle and dude, where's my car? Where I kind of uh-huh. like I mix up those movies together in my head and I can't remember what happened in which one. Uh Oh, and so Bumblebee, will he get his voice fixed for good? No, but he'll have no. some moment where he gets voiced by this time Alexa, since they did Siri last time. And he'll just start laughing. Because Jeff Bezos paid more. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Bezos put more money into this one. And then they'll throw in the joke where someone's like, hey, Bumblebee. And Bumblebee just goes like, ah, ha, ha, ha. 
and just starts laughing all the time like Alexa does. Um, does she though? Well, that was a glitch. I, mean, I saw, I heard that being reported for like a minute. Yeah, and mine never has done that. No, it was. It's, I think it was just like a really weird, like you know, a, a kind of freak firmware glitch or something. And it, but it's it's a truly terrifying headline to read. So it probably made the rounds just on the back of like this could be creepy. Um, now was there anything else? No, I think we answered all the questions in this one. Uh, I had fun with this. Um, do you? I'm wondering. Do you think that like this would have like Michael Bay would have um, would have come in for this one, or do you think he would have actually pulled like some kind of Ninja Turtles card and went like and been like, "Hey, I'll I'll produce, but get one of my understudies to direct this because I, I I don't want to anymore. I've had enough. I have no idea. I have like, no idea what that dude's thinking at any given moment. He's a maniac. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if this might have like finally pushed his limit, and he would have been like, "Just make me producer. You can have my name on the film." You can't throw a big enough bag of money at me anymore. I have all of it. I don't like whenever Michael Bay comes up, all that pops into my head is the look on his face of panic after that one botcon appearance when he came out on stage. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't that. It was the other time. It was the second time at that theater that was right next to the hotel. Um, because there was a group of us walking out of the theater and walking up the street back toward the hotel and this side garage for the theater opens and his car comes out and he's standing there waiting for them to unlock the door, seeing us coming with just this look of panic as he's trying to open the car door <laughs> so he doesn't have to talk to the slimy nerds and we walked past him before he got in the car and not one of us said anything to him, but he just had this paranoid, like freaked out. Look, it was like, he's trying the handle again to get away. And it's like, settle down. I'd forgotten so this that, story. <laughs> yeah. So that's Michael Bay to me. He's not like, Hey, I'm cool. Director guy. He's like the, ah, unlock the door. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he'd gotten more manic. Like he's just like you know one foot on the door as he's pulling on it, like whipping his head forward and backwards <laughs> as you're all wa- calmly the, walking chug, 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 past chug, chug, chug. <laughs> And then you hear like the guy in the car saying like, "It, you, you, if you pull the handle, it won't unlock. You have to look up the handle. <laughs> look up the handle, Mister Bay. Mister Bay, I can't unlock the door if you don't." Look. And then you hear like chug, 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 as the doors are locking and unlocking as he's yanking on the handle. <laughs> I also like the idea. They're gonna talk to me. Open the door. I like the idea that as you guys got closer and closer, that like three seconds as you were walking directly past him, he just throws his head back and screams without breathing for like three <laughs> seconds, and just resumes his panic attempt to enter the car once you go by. <laughs> Tries to crawl under the car. <laughs> uh, he's never gonna come on this podcast. No, please. Like, that was never a threat to begin with. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. Michael would have to have fallen on awfully hard times. Hey, you know? Awfully hard times. What if I get the message one day? It's like, hey, guys. Well, then do it with TJ and her. (laughs) Because I will call him out on that car nonsense. I don't know. I'd want you in here. I'd want want him to. I'd want to hear him 100% probably not remembering that at all. 
I want to know what, what his excuse oh, he comes up I, with. Is. I bet he wakes up and sweats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope that answers your question, uh, Alec. Um, we've got one more question here from Rexidus. I, I kind oh, of pushed this one to the really side long. for a little bit because I didn't actually know if anyone on the podcast has a lot of knowledge of StarCraft. Because my knowledge of StarCraft is somewhat confined to the first game a little bit and a bunch of memes from the early 2000s. My knowledge of StarCraft is Warhammer 40k where they stole everything from. Oh, oh dear. Nailed them. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that we'll just, you know, we'll give this a try. I didn't want to put this question off forever. My apologies, Rexodus. Uh, I, I know that 12 Days of Christmas song Blizzard put, put out. That's that's kind of my, my main touchstone. Um Good morning, afternoon, and indeterminate time of day you find folks with the Transforming Table. Brian again with another question. I have loved your characters that you grand people come up with when I have thrown the concepts to you in the past. I let it simmer for a while to not make it stale, but I have returned like a bad dream to ask similar of you people once again. For this challenge, I ask what types of characters you would make for a theoretical Transformers StarCraft series featuring an entirely new cast. What vehicle modes would you guys choose, and who would these characters be? Don't worry about realistic or feasible. Uh, and don't worry about a toy line. You're only responsible for creating the characters, and if you want the premise of the show. We've got equally theoretical lawyers and the expert theoretical engineers who can handle all the logistics so for starters here are some of the starcraft vehicles i'd love to see as alt modes uh and so there's some links here um uh but that's all just to throw ideas at you so if you guys get a better spark uh by like the scv or something go for it have fun guys john a and gg uh so let me click on some of these because i think I, i think these names look familiar yeah the siege tank i remember uh the battle cruiser is the one with the guy who's like battle cruiser because uh, he's he's Russian. Uh, I don't recognize the carrier. Uh, That's that looks like a Protoss thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're like the Eldar. Yes. Uh, this all looks like Protoss Eldar stuff. So I think for our purposes, let's say I I could definitely use the two Terran things. I know I know what I can think of for those. For everything else, like if you have an idea that's maybe more the Eldar or maybe the Terranids, uh, then roll with that too. You know what? Actually, I'd love to see the Insecticons uh, with Tyranid alt modes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'd be kind of cool. The idea that the Insecticons like landed on a Tyranid infested planet, but still found disguises to assume. <laughs> So are we just ditching StarCraft and talking about Warhammer instead? I'm going to come back <laughs> to the Or did you cruiser. mean to say the Zerg? No, I was actually meaning the Tyranids because I don't know a single thing okay. about the Zerg, except that that's like well, a verb. guess what? The Zerg what? are the Tyranids. All right, I know everything about the Zerg. <laughs> Who are their gene stealers? <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, the Rod, Zerg Rush. <laughs> damn it. Oh, the Zerg Rush, that unit? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh... Well, for the ones I know, the siege tank to me that is just like that's a warpath type dude. Um, I, I don't know if I if I try to think up new characters and I already don't really know what these things are. That could be messy, but you know what? No, I'll think of one. Okay, the battle cruiser that basically has like Captain Glovel from Macross as the as the guy commanding it, like the big mustache Russian guy with the hat, kind of like the guy who was also running the Yamato. Uh, so let's just say that's who the Transformer is. It's like a big Russian Transformer. He's like, uh, we'll call him, uh, we'll call him Warhead, uh, and he turns into a battle cruiser. And he's a little, a little hollow avatar of him is the captain of the battle cruiser. He is Russian or Ukrainian or you know somewhere in between there. Um, 
And uh, he's 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 uh, he's particular about his size. He doesn't like to turn into a robot. He'd prefer if people thinks uh, or prefer that people think he is the captain of the ship, not the ship itself. He could be from Georgia, but then he'd be an out of control ski lift. Oh, geez. That sounds like Georgian humor. Did you not see that video? Nope. <laughs> oh, I thought this was some of that state humor that I love that you guys have. No. Oh, no. The country, Georgia. Oh, once you were talking of like once you said Russia or Ukrainian, then I thought Georgia because Georgia used to be part of the Soviet Union. Oh, I thought you were talking about the state Georgia. No, that's a state, right? Yes. Okay, good. That, I was worried. It's one of the uh, redneck places. I was worried that I was extremely off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know anything about a ski lift going out of control, except that sounds terrifying. Well, if I could find a clip that isn't on the CNN website where you have to watch a ten-minute commercial first, and it will also autoplay the moment you click it. Dear CNN, oh, yeah. please stop. Uh, one of the problems with this question is I'm not invested enough in StarCraft to get silly with StarCraft concepts, make up characters. Um, Are you? So I, my brain keeps defaulting to what Transformer character would this be? So like when he said um, uh, Warpath for the tank, is like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you can see it. It's a tank. Uh, it's a transforming tank too. It's it's topical. Uh, the siege tank completely works just for a transforming robot design, I think, because it already can do that cool thing where it clamps to the floor. Uh, but yeah, I was gonna say, Seth, like if you have any ideas that maybe stem more from 40k knowledge you might have accrued, uh, that's totally cool as well. Well, then the the there's a link there in the chat thing. Um, well, then the carrier would just be like. Well, not the carrier, the um, Battlecruiser. Battlecruiser does not look totally unlike something from Battlefleet Gothic. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Just maybe God. toned down a little. Sorry, I just got to the part where the ski lift <laughs> threw some people across the... <laughs> yeah. Yuck. A couple of people get buried in that wreckage. Apparently, nobody was killed, but, like, eight people were sent to the hospital. How did no one get killed by this? I was, I was a little worried. No, they you start jumping off. Okay, I was worried you had sent me one of those video clips of literal people dying the way that those those folks ragdolled off of the side of that ski lift. No, there's uh, another there's another video closer to where those people land and you see them all get up right away. Oh but man. In but you could see like if you pause at the very beginning, there's two people laying um next to a wrecked car. Yep. Like to the left. Um they end up getting buried under more wrecked chairs god um then i saw another video where they were digging those people out and one of them seemed unconscious but the other one was moving around yeah what i had read was nobody was killed it's the part where the ski lift chairs are also whipping down at high speed and i'm, I'm amazed no one just got decapitated uh after yeah. they got thrown off that's th those are some folks who are very lucky uh Okay, you know what? One of the, can we just have like for the the, the Christmas episode or whatever the show is? There's like a ski lift Decepticon called like Whirlwind. <laughs> oh lord, <laughs> he's just been waiting. That name's these... already taken though, right? Uh, There's already a Whirlwind, isn't there? That's like a Marvel villain or something. I don't know. Well, this is for our continuity. Maybe. 
This is oh, I'm think I'm just thinking of Whirl. Yeah, yeah. No, this is Whirlwind, the evil Decepticon ski lift. He waits. He lies yeah. in wait for decades as people build an entire ski park <laughs> around him, and then one day on the busiest day, he's like activates. <laughs> Eradicate all biologicals. <laughs> Starts fleeing people. Uh, I'm also trying to remember who. The, so there's only three Starcraft races, right? It was the Protoss, the Zerg, and the Terrans. Yes. So there's no like, there's no squats, and there's as no... far as I know. Okay. Well, there aren't even squats in 40k anymore. They got rid of those dudes a hell of a long time ago. No. So, okay. So Games Workshop came under new. Did they leadership. bring them back? Games Workshop came under new leadership a few years ago and has wildly changed as a company, and I'm really impressed. One of the things they did is it appears that they might have hinted that they might be bringing the squats back in a very, a very smacking oneself in the knee kind of joke video that I was told about that I haven't actually watched yet um, with a bunch of like clocks on a wall that they're supposed to keep making sure are never reaching midnight. And then like the clock that said squats reached midnight. Uh, I haven't actually read into this any farther, but they're at least toying with the idea. They're, they're, they're saying the word, the squats in games workshop media, which is amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're already, introduced the anime army years ago so why not who cares yeah that was the old leadership and the thing here's the thing current games workshop all of a sudden is like hey what if we uh humanize our company what if we have a youtube channel (laughs) what if we reach out and make games that are accessible and and don't necessarily demand that you spend three thousand dollars on models just to give it a try uh they apparently had like it's it's a new ceo or something and uh, it's blowing my mind. Yeah, they do have some smaller game that is like a. I, th- I think there's the base game that gives you two little armies, and then you can buy little expansion boxes that are mm-hmm. like twenty bucks. And it's like five or six miniatures, and then like all the assorted character cards and tokens that you need to use them oh yeah and they're they're doing all kinds of stuff with like 40k's timeline as well and like they're you know bringing back primarchs and making stories out of it they've got a new starter coming out i think that's like the not the i think it's the adeptus mechanicus or someone similar but like versus the necrons uh with like little titans and everything i'm like okay cool robots um my apologies, Rexodus, by the way. I I, uh, I think we've drifted <laughs> extremely far from your question now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, it, it's tricky. Yeah. That's why I didn't it's... want to throw the question out, but I was like, I don't, I don't know that any of us are, are knowledgeable enough. Uh, yeah. Not really being that into StarCraft and also, I don't know. <laughs> just like being like, do this one now. I was like, well, ah. Yeah, for for me, it's just like make transformers out of all the Terran vehicles because I think that they all look like they could make for good transformers. Uh, the the Zergs are you know too squishy, and the Protoss they're monsters. The Protoss, you know, you could make like some neat robot designs out of them, but I think those would be a lot more like of an original mecha entity than literally transformers, yeah. uh, which would look cool. Like seeing some of that curvy stuff turning into bipedal curvy stuff. Um, yeah. I, like I'd like to see some of those designs do that if anyone's even done the fan art, which I'm sure someone has uh, in like the what twenty years or whatever. But uh, yeah, I just didn't want to let that question continue to to kind of float uh, beneath stuff on the uh, the big list. 
So uh, if anyone out there has any ideas, um, you know, any, anyone out there who has more knowledge of StarCraft, or if it turns out that uh, I just assumed Aaron and TJ don't have a huge deep connection to StarCraft. Uh, They're actually both hardcore borderline professional starcraft players in which case if that is true then we will do this question again next episode with two people who actually know what they're talking about but uh yeah stay tuned rexodus we'll find we'll find out hopefully they will remember to say something at the start of the next episode aaron please remember to do that you're basically my admin assistant so you know take a note seth uh i have a question for you Okay. It does not have to do with StarCraft. Uh, did you get anything on topic this week? No. Oh, Seth, I got some something on topic this week. Oh, did you? I did. Uh, I have been enjoying my time at the Capital City Comic Con this past weekend. Uh, and I want right. to quickly give them a shout out. So this is a Comic-Con in my hometown of Victoria, B.C. It was uh, the first time these folks were running a convention. It was uh, it was a big push by the National Toy Museum of Canada, Tourism Victoria, and the, the Business Association of Victoria. And they had like eight-plus prestige guests. They had a triple-stacked schedule for panels and autograph sessions and et cetera. It was like a legit big convention and the first year they're running it. And I went to this convention – I like a lot of these folks running it, and I, so I don't know how to say this without it sounding like a jerk. But I went to this convention completely prepared to be like, this was a real good first show, and even when X thing happened, well, you know, it's their first year running it. Literally no X thing happened. The show ran like a breeze. And like, it, it, you know, it felt the, the, the general consensus of a lot of folks commenting on the show is it felt like it was someone's fifth year, not their first year. So... I had a really good time and a lot of other people did too and disasters didn't happen. Uh, and I also got some toys. Uh, Ages 3 and Up was there and they have they have uh, on-topic robot, robot type things. So uh, over the course of the show, like I picked up I picked up a couple things. Uh, I'll try to do this in order. I got um, the Akira bike unrustable bastard thing, you know, like the red version. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I never got that version, and they had two there, so I, I picked up one of those. Uh, and it's, you know, it's it's still the same toy and still pretty darn good, and it comes with a big sticker sheet covered in cuss words, uh, some of which are, are... Yeah, I hate those stickers. So, some of them I'm fine with, some of them are simply too silly for me. I can't, I can't... It's not that I need to take my toys seriously, but I also can't deal with a toy that just has the word bollocks written on it in big letters. <laughs> Uh, well, one of the things that bugs me with those stickers is n- not necessarily the cuss words, whatever, um, but it's that they're written in this pseudo Japanese characters. Yeah, they're they're designed to be like red back, like you know, in a, this look kind of kanji esque, uh, while also yeah, saying like f off or whatever. Um. And yeah, yeah, and I think their excuse was that they couldn't do the actual designs from Akira for the for the decals um, that were on Canada's bike, mm-hmm. but then to just like do these fake Japanese curse words, I, don't, it's, I just it's, I hate it. 
yeah it, it's not my favorite thing like i said about half the sticker sheet i'm kind of okay with uh half of it i don't i don't really want to touch thank goodness it's a sticker sheet if these were tampa graphed on i'd be really bummed out that all that money was spent to put the word bollocks on the dude uh yeah but why not just why not have japanese cuss words yeah i and have uh, actual japanese characters yeah that 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 was something like when i when i was i didn't really catch all of that discussion thread until like after the fact but the part where it was like the chain of thought was like well we can't get the literal things uh and we want to we want to have it be naughty so we're gonna we're gonna have a bunch of english and 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 english swear words and also the word bollocks uh in this in this font we want it to be naughty even though we back down on having bastards in the name before yeah. uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it would have made a bajillion times more sense to just have a bunch of Japanese characters because that's an alphabet. You can't copyright the alphabet of Japan. Yeah. Um, or the alphabets of Japan. Um, nonetheless, I'm going to figure, I'm going to test some of the stickers out and figure out if there's an arrangement I like. The upside is the red plastics used uh, on Otomo are really good, and he looks quite fine uh, naked, uh, as it were. Uh, but when I picked that up, I also picked up another what I think is like a show slash store exclusive, um, which is Mastermind Creations Nitro. Uh, it is a retool of their IDW Rodimus into Nitro Convoy or Override from Cybertron Galaxy Force. This this is this feels like unexpectedly the true identity of this mold. This, the figure looks looks so good uh, in this identity. Looks way like way way tighter. Way more smooth, uh, way more lively uh, than the Rodimus version. And it's good because it's already a, a toy I was into for the vehicle mode and the transformation. Uh, and this fixes a bunch of my little little qualms with the robot mode. Uh, the real only major problem I got is the uh, the distance between detents in the outward hip motion. Uh, that's still kind of a bummer. But the paintwork, the colors, the transformation, the alt mode, the robot mode standing there or in action poses, uh, it's all it's all doing it for me. So I'm I'm really into nitro. Um, I actually had like a great uh, I had a great shot of all of my haul in one one stance. I should bring that up. Uh, the other majorly on topic thing I got uh, this was after the, this was when the show was almost done, and I had had three really good panels. I decided to to go for this because the price was was quite good uh, at the show from ages three and up. I got Flame Toys Drift. This is the licensed uh, drift action figure that was designed by Sentinel's Chemical Attack team for Flame Toys. So it's uh, a figure by one of my favorite uh, toy design teams uh, of this modern era doing a licensed Transformers thing. And the the finished figure, I've, I've messed with test shots of it before. Uh, the finished figure feels incredibly good uh in hand and uh i'm i'm real happy with it it comes with uh five light up spots uh batteries included so there's like 10 batteries in the thing he's got diecast bits uh painted all over the place uh just it's a good figure um it is an extremely expensive figure absolutely not something that i'm telling everyone like that they should themselves go out and buy immediately uh you got to be into the chemical attack thing 100% but uh i'm i'm real happy with it uh here we go i found i got a i got a shot of it with all of its lights on uh along with the off topic part of my haul let me put that into the chat um 
like the only bummer is that there are a couple spots um on his like there's a there's an armor plate above his foot and the rear skirt armor and i guess the front skirt armor you got to kind of be aware and move it out of the way when you're posing the feet or the legs or stuff might kind of like jank together a little bit for a second and that's scary when a figure is that painted but uh yeah, I'm I'm quite happy with it. Really happy to own it. They just revealed their uh, the color photos of their tarn um, while I was at the show, and uh, here's a group shot of my haul. Uh, that drift is, is is tight. Comes with comes with cloth good stuff. Uh, I've talked about it before, but I'm I'm quite happy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what's up, Seth? Hi. 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 What's up? How are you? Just reacting to your pictures, man. Oh. <laughs> Uh oh, there's one other thing about the drift I should mention. Uh his shoulder pauldron lights. Uh one of them, uh when you turn it on and you move the shoulder pauldron around, the light flickers a little bit. Uh I heard there was a thing where sometimes a wire might get pinched, so I'm gonna keep playing with it. Uh apparently they flame toys was super fast uh to replace parts for someone who had the wire get straight up pinched apart inside there. Um so they're aware, I think, and they have, like, replacement parts ready to go if something's wrong. For, on mine, it seems like it's fine. It just flickers a little when I move it around. So I'll keep I'll keep working it and figure out if I need to get a replacement. But, uh, yeah, Seth, uh, I had a good time at that show. It was in my hometown. The big Comic-Con happened in my hometown, and it went well. I'm, cool. I'm like, I'm super pleased. Uh, I met up with some, uh, some cool folks out there as well. Uh, let me get the tweet up that Graham Slayer's Hoop. Uh, put up because uh, Graham Slayer's Hoop from Seattle uh, came out to to visit for that show because Seattle is extremely close to Victoria, uh, and he had a pretty good time. But uh, we also hung out with a couple of folks, uh, Skating Shark with the number eight from Twitter, and uh, Sam CF the new Sam on Twitter. Uh, a couple of folks oh. that I met up uh, or met with on Friday, just they were checking out my panel and uh, and my table I had, and they ended up being really cool folks. So we had a good, solid little group to to just chill out with for the, for most of the show. Right on. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, that is it for me here for on topic. So Seth, that brings us to the off topic. The off topic. Did you get anything off topic? I got um the unrustable bastards from Kickstarter. Uh, oh, I got um, one of those too, but I called it on topic because I'm a cheater. No, no. So I slept on actually messing with it much. So mm-hmm. from the Kickstarter, I got one of the the standard yellow uh, style guys, and then the add-on prospect figure, mm-hmm. which is a second rider with a bunch of weapons. Um, all that I've really messed with are the 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 riders. Mm-hmm. so far like i haven't tried transforming the bike yet um the riders are pretty cool uh for posability but they because of the ball sockets it seems really fiddly to get everything in and then staying in the position i want it mm. when i'm just trying to get them into a a nice looking standing pose even yeah. Like things want to turn on their own, like everything could be slightly tighter. I found the the ball socket joints on those guys were the things that felt the jankiest. Like I kind of I ended up just tightening all the ball socket joints. 
Yeah. Um, on Otomo, I haven't tightened any of them, and he's he's all right still. The I think the orange and black one, the, the normal one, I had the most problems with. But uh, back when I got it, I think I said like the non ball socket joints all felt good. So like at least the problems were with the ones I could fix. Yeah. And then I might try painting the prospect cool because there's no paint at all. I mean, the regular writer mm-hmm. only the the face mask part is painted. Yeah, um, that's not even the case on the prospect. Is there's zero kinds of paint. Um, so in in that case, a little bit of looseness and in, in the in the ball sockets is fine because the paint's going to be getting in there. Yeah, uh, but then it would have to be a layer of paint and a layer of varnish to keep the paint from just rubbing off. So, I kind of got the feeling almost like the ball sockets had been designed with the idea they'd have paint and varnish on or top coat at least on them, uh, and then didn't. I'm not not saying that that excuses them at all, but it's, it, they felt that way. Like yeah. it felt like someone thought there was going to be another micro like micrometer of stuff on top. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, the 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 riders. If all the joints were like about ten percent tighter out of the box, uh, I would say the prospect figure is like something I would be getting a whole bunch of. I still want to get one or two because you can like yeah. you can do them up as the the original leader of the bastards and give them like the peg leg and the claw arm, uh, which is kind of fun for the character side of things. But yeah, it's like yeah. It, it's a it's a shame that like there's still that one little jiggly thing on that line because otherwise they feel really good. Uh, the ball socket joints need to have a bit of thickening. Yep. I agree. Um, so I don't have much more to say about them having not messed with the bike, but, uh, Mm. how you feeling about the size of the bike? Like just looking at it in the box. It's big. Yeah. But I kind of knew it would be based on how small the rider looks on it. Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily bad. It's just a big ass bike. Um, I, I tried, so while the Kickstarter was going, um, in exchange with the person that did handle the Kickstarter, like I was suggesting like, what if in a future run you did a simplified bike that was cheaper that didn't transform? Mm. And I don't know if they just, they hated the concept or didn't understand what I was saying, but they kept arguing that um, it wouldn't change the price at all. And I was like, that can't possibly be true. Like if it, if it was like a third of the parts, I, yeah, and I, way I'm, less complicated. You think it would be cheaper. I'm thinking about that answer. What only thing I can think of is like, is if they, if they were making the bike and they took out a lot of the moving parts, that would still leave a lot of the big parts and maybe that doesn't change the size of the steel mold all that much. I don't know. Like I'm kind of, I'm just trying to like logic that out. But do you think assembly would be more like uh, the, the amount of time it takes to assemble a transforming figure has to be more expensive than a not transforming figure. And even more so if it's, if it's a toy motorcycle where only the wheels move. Yeah. I would think that would be cheaper because I, I think I think they would have to make like they would have to make a new steel mold for it, and I think that's probably what would end up making it cost only a little bit less money as opposed to a lot. 
I'm I'm kind of spitballing um, off of what I like, you know, what I've heard of how toys work. Um, I, don't know. I just remember during the Kickstarter, if there was an option for a cheaper non-transforming bike, I would have gotten another bike. Mm-hmm. But at the cost that they were, there was no way I was getting more than one. Oh, okay. Shrug. I, don't I know. thought of something. If it was during the Kickstarter, the Kickstarter was to make the, the steel mold for the first design. So that would have meant they would have to have made right. two but sets I, of steel molds. I was su- right. And I was suggesting it as a future thing, like not to necessarily be part of the Kickstarter. Yeah, I, I bet you that his his answer was coming from a place of like, well, we couldn't do that for this one, and thus was probably a misunderstanding. I I don't know because yeah, like to, if they were either to do... one or both of us were not being clear. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, <laughs> and the other one was not getting it. I don't know. Yeah, the, the main the main thing I can think is if the, if they were to do a simplified bike, that would still be another set of steel molds, which would incur the same initial um, mass, like the biggest cost of the whole process. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 me just doing my thing where I'm like, all right, if they said that, why'd they say that? <laughs> yeah, well, um, it's definitely Kickstarter toy season because. Um, the uh, oh damn it, beasts of the Mesozoic. Of the Mesozoic or some people are getting them, and mine are on the way. Yeah, probably not going to get them until next week. It looks like. Um, still, and then uh, um, four horsemen have a have that Coliseum release shipping soon. Yeah, well that that one wasn't necessarily that was not Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, but. Coliseum has to get out before uh, Advent of Decay. Yeah, so I'm, it, it's a step closer. I'm just waiting for that that next Advent of Decay pre-order to fill in a few more gaps on what I have coming that I changed my mind on since the first Kickstarter thing. Just go all in, man. No, I think I think that's come and gone because the next pre-order is going to be more. I think isn't the next one like the open one? Yeah. Uh, I just need to get well, it's another one. I just need to it, get that. It's another open one. They've done an open one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot. I just I just need to order that skeleton legion builder with the two torsos because I never ordered one. Uh, because I I let that go for some more some fancier figures. And I think I need to order the clear ghost guy as well because I've 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 been won over to the idea of having uh the ghost guy since he's a skeleton. I might change my mind on him. Yeah, though. Ghost Guy's cool. Uh, Seth, was there anything else off topic on your end? No, things have been kind of slow. I got one other thing at the convention. Uh, oh, did you? Go to my media tab and you can oh, see finished photos you? in the top three tweets in there. Oh my God. I got the, uh, the HG Bandai kit of Gypsy Avenger. Uh, this is their model kit, kind of like a Gundam kit of uh, Gypsy Avenger from the new Pacific Rim movie. Uh, and he's it's got an option for an LED that you can purchase separately, which I did, that you can stick inside the torso. Uh, today, I uh, finished painting up. Or, well, what I did is I, at the show, I got the kit, I built it, and I panel lined it. Uh, then I got home, put the stickers on, gave it a top coat, uh, pulled the clear piece out of the chest before I did that so it wouldn't get frosted. And then... Uh, did some dry brushing weathering with uh, some Vallejo mecha paints, uh, dark gunmetal and light gunmetal. Uh, then gave it another top coat and put the whole thing back together. And I'm I'm pretty darn happy with how it looks. Um, yeah, it looks pretty good. Thank you. 
the the HG kit, it's slightly smaller than the robot Damashis. Um and it's of course, you know, not a robot Damashi, it's a model kit, so it's inherently a little bit uh not flimsier, but it doesn't feel as much like an action figure as the robot Damashis do. However, the HG has a couple advantages. Number one, you get to, for the left hand, you get a plasma caster hand, which the robot Damashi doesn't come with. It just comes with the gravity sling for the right hand. Uh, the other thing is this kit does the shoulder joints differently than the robot Damashi, uh, and I think it does them better. The robot Damashi has several ball joints all linked together, uh, including the shoulder pad, and the end result is that it's real easy for the shoulder pads to get in the way of stuff uh, or just pop off. In this case, it's a simpler shoulder design with a dedicated butterfly forward swivel on the inside of the peg hole, and it just it feels better as an action figure, action figure shoulder. Um, several other parts don't feel quite as great. Like the Robot Damashi, I think, still has better hips and slightly better uh, waist and ab crunch joints, but the shoulders, I think, were done better on the Robot Damashi just by being simpler, uh, and it just, it just has better flow. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get the other HG kits. I'm really tempted to at least get Obsidian Fury because uh, I had, <clears throat> excuse me, such a good time uh, weathering up and top coating this one. So I might do that. If, if But if they're only doing the three, I, I could probably skip the big tan dude, uh, Bracer Phoenix. Uh, if they do all of them as HGs, and I'm, I don't know, if I like the movie a lot, I might get tempted. But for now, I'm, I'm more into the robot Namashis. But this was a fun kit. Uh, it's totally worth it if you can get it for a decent price. Like, I got the kit for, like, 30 bucks Canadian. Um, I, I'd say that's the ceiling of what you should pay for it. Uh, but it, it was pretty well done. So I had fun with that. Uh, I built John Boyager. Not my joke. Uh, oh, and the LED thing works pretty well, too. It's neat how that was, like, a separate piece you could pick up and just kind of slot in there. Um, uh-huh. there's like a DX version where you get an LED and like a stand with them as well. But, uh, yeah, Seth, that movie's out really soon. It is. Uh, I'm, I'm still kind of looking forward to it. I, I don't have mass expectations, but, uh, I, I just can't get excited. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I think it's because of the, the remarks John Boyega put out about like, the way they did the fight direction, because it means that they're doing the thing I didn't think they'd do that I wanted them to do, whether or not it's by intention, which is Pacific Rim 1 was real robots, big, weighty, real robots. And the thing I really wanted them to do was for Pacific Rim 2, if they did it, to do super robots. Uh, and since these are all, you know, more lithe robots that are flying around and doing cartwheels and stuff, that's hella super robot um, to one degree. They they aren't, it's more like, e- like, I guess, Evangelion-style super robots than what I really wanted, which was, like, a pilot screaming rocket punch and then shooting his fist. But (laughs) it's close. Um, And, you know, stuff that was slightly spoiled by toy packaging also makes me excited for other reasons. But uh, I'm I'm excited with a certain ceiling, I guess is the way I'd put it. Um, Um, Yeah, well, I... I never... Or I hadn't heard those comments before... decided i wasn't especially interested um it's just i like the first movie well enough i just never really felt like i needed any more of it yeah yeah it's like and i don't have any beef with john boyega i like him just fine yeah there's nothing to do with that well like the the the, like there's another argument i've seen which again i like i can't say i disagree with it necessarily because it's just it's just not how i feel 
which is there are folks who wanted another Pacific Rim, but they wanted it to feel the same as the first one. That is, the robots are all big, clunky, weighted things. And that's actually the thing I didn't want. Like, it seems I think there's a lot of folks who whether they like whether they mean to say this, I'm not really sure. But it seems like a lot of folks like Pacific Rim as a real robots style um, uh, franchise, I guess. And I, I think Pacific Rim's way more interesting with the idea that, like, there might be three movies. The first one, they're real robots. Second one, they're super robots. And in the third one, they're, like, sentient robots that are combining and stuff. You know, like, go go through all the motions of super robot or, you know, mecha anime. Um, but, yeah. I, <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't care enough about it to, like, want to go out to argue with people. <laughs> And I'm I'm yeah. not like particularly attached to the film, like having to do well. Like it sure would be cool because I, you know, I like John Boyega. Yeah, I think but, I just kind of like it as a standalone movie, mm. and never really felt like I wanted a sequel. But you know, I guess it made enough money, yeah, to do a sequel without Del Toro. Well, it, I think that the other thing is like they, I think that it, it was they were already not sure if they would do a sequel and then they were like really close to just not doing it and it's it's a slight miracle it's even happening um mm-hmm. which is part of why i got into it as well i think is i i like the story of how the movie ended up happening um but i i'm, I'm saying all this just to share my viewpoint i'm not like I, I like i said i don't care enough to go out and espouse this at people going like you've got to go and see this event You've got to make sure it does well. Like the movie would have to do better than I think it's feasible for it to do. I think for it to to really take off as a, as a thing, um, given how the first one did. But it'll be out uh, by the weekend. Uh, early reviews are pretty mixed, so I'm still looking forward to it. It sounds like it's along the lines of what I'm expecting. Our old pal Q Dog uh, over in Australia. Uh, dropped me a line on Twitter and said that I'm going to really like a certain sequence with um, Saber Athena, the very ladylike robot. And so I'm kind of looking forward to that. If someone tells me that there's a thing that is going to suit my particular tastes, that usually gets my hype up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think that about brings us to the end of uh, of the bulk of the podcast. So I'm just going to take a little aside. Seth, do you know what I did this afternoon? What did you do this afternoon? I went on YouTube and I watched The Ultimate Deletion. Oh, I watched that during dinner, right before we recorded. Yeah, uh, I want to just briefly share my thoughts, because I think we talked about the final deletion way back. Probably. Uh, Yeah, and so Ultimate Deletion. I went in um, hopeful. But much like with Pacific Rim Uprising, I went in hopeful with a very low ceiling on my expectations. <laughs> uh, and I got to say, I was very pleasantly surprised. I have holes I can poke through the production, but it was much more of a broken Matt Hardy universe production than I thought it was going to be. And all for the better. Yeah, it wasn't as straight crazy as the TNA ones. Yeah. Um, it it was a little more grounded. Um, when the fireworks started going off and Bray Wyatt goes, what's that? Yeah. I guess they didn't have fireworks 
in the swamp, wherever you I, came from. <laughs> I, I want to <laughs> think, you know, because, that? because he's a crazy swamp prophet. <laughs> he's a crazy yeah, swamp like, man prophet. So, like, fireworks <laughs> just going off behind you when you don't think anyone's going to set them off. I just want to imagine that was, like, partly, like, what's that loud noise? What are all these lights? <laughs> it's like, I know it's been a while since the WWE got rid of the pyrotechnics during yeah. ring entrances, but... Did he forget what fireworks were? Well, it, was, it was also nicely in character with Bray Wyatt as like this, you know, terrifying force of nature who seems to be easily waylaid by the most simple of things. Like, what was the thing? He's fighting the Undertaker. He does his spider walk thing. Undertaker sits up and then he loses. Turns out all he had to do was <laughs> sit up at him. <laughs> yeah. And Senior Benjamin tosses a globe into his hands. And so, okay. It freezes him. I read a comment that made something out of that final moment, and I completely bought into it, what I read in this comment. Flat Earth. <laughs> no, because it, well, it was a globe. Okay, well, come on. It's <laughs> He was holding a ball. Uh, no, okay. That's what's wrong with it. Oh, geez. Well, I'll pass that one over to Aaron. Aaron can handle it. He's my science person. This comment, I'm, I'm paraphrasing from memory here, but it was basically like, whether or not they intended it, it ended up being like this great ending for the current state of the character of Bray Wyatt. Because here's this cult leader who no longer has a cult standing by himself in the backyard of his mortal enemy with these people kind of moxing and you got the world in your hands as he's holding a little inflatable globe, just like staring at it all by himself. It's like this is where his story has taken him. He's a he's a. He's a somewhat pointless character who got what he wanted, and it turns out it was just a little inflatable globe. Uh, I, I, I was just, I was just so happy with that they, uh, even the grounded bits where they were kind of doing, even this time, a little too much pro wrestling wrestling for a, a fully filmed thing. Uh, I liked how the, it's hard, it's weird to say this, the direction uh, and the editing made it move a little bit faster than in the final deletion where the worst part of that was the two Hardy brothers, like having this much too prolonged actual pro wrestling brawl, uh, Uh in a, in a backyard. Like this one kind of kept things moving a bit more. Um, and certainly this, this was not the end of a story. Like they, it seems like they, this was the setup for a chapter two and, and as it should, well, the uh, belief seems to be that Bray Wyatt's being repackaged. Yeah. He's not going to be the Eater of Worlds cult leader Bray Wyatt anymore. And I got to say. Which is probably smart. Yeah, that character brought me back into paying attention to Vince McMahon wrestling a couple years ago. And I really liked that character back then. And I have watched that character be like. <laughs> There's a lot of ways I could put this. It's like watching a really cool person just get summarily like have the the, the sleeves of their jacket ripped off, uh, their pants yanked down around their ankles. They're made to walk in circles, or like it was it was embarrassing watching that character. Uh, and this is the best thing that could have possibly happened to that character uh, at this point. <laughs> but yeah, I was uh, I was very happy with the ultimate deletion. I wish that it ended a little more bombastically. Uh, it was kind of much like the final deletion. The ending was a bit of a whiffle. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it the, the what was it? Delete or decay is still the best ending ever. 
Uh, that's where what's her name? Rosemary goes to like spit the poison mist at Matt Hardy and then Matt Hardy yeah. inhales it and spits it back. <laughs> like that's that's a moment to that still needs to be topped at some point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wanted to talk about that for a little bit. Um, Seth, if they make a Woken Matt action figure, even if it's a Mattel Elite, I think I might buy it. Why not? Like, I, th- I think I'm like, I mean, they cause... already have Matt Hardy figures that just have a blob of white paint on his head. Yeah, so. those are dumb, though. Those look, those look, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to like start handing Mattel money for their kind of okay wrestling figures. They got to do one that really hits <laughs> it for me. Yeah, I'm just worried that the repackaged Bray Wyatt is going to be Woken Bray and him and Matt are just a tag team. I have a feeling that's probably what's going to happen, but. If that means, it, like, as long as they have the confidence they showed here to give most of the the vignette d- delivery over to the Hardy side of things, uh, I think it'll at least be fun. Well, uh, it's just going to be them laughing together at somebody instead of laughing at each other. Yeah, well, yeah, when they show up in the arenas and it's the friggin', uh, what's his name, you know, the, the guy who works for Vince and does all the, he's in the truck. Dumbass guy that I want to go to XFL. Kevin Dunn. When it's the Kevin yeah. Dunn delivery, that's what it is. But like, even in the ultimate deletion, they had the thing. They were laughing at each other for like about 10 seconds. And then like they just stopped and actually did something. And it, it felt like, I don't know. It felt like very much a creative statement of like, this is not what this, this isn't the whole of this, of this character is standing here laughing for a minute and a half. We're going to have hijinks. <laughs> yeah. Also. When Bray Wyatt shows up and walks through the the Matt Hardy gate and Vanguard 1 scans him and then also makes a point in the scan of identifying that he's holding a lantern and it had like a whole readout on the bottom (laughs) left that said lantern. I was laughing my head off. That was great. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Seth, uh, unless we got anything else to say, I think that brings us to the close of this episode. I think that's it for me. All right. At this time. Well, thank you all for listening and staying tuned uh, as I go on trips and go to conventions and four and a half days pass by and I don't even notice. And I'll, I'll, I'll be up to date with editing the podcast someday. It'll happen. Over the rainbow. But until then, uh, just stay tuned and uh, stay in touch. Uh, thank you, Seth, for joining me. Oh, and, uh, my pleasure. Yeah, we will talk to you all later. Until then, have a good one. And stay safe. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.